Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. The Daughter of Death Gaia looked down at her hands as if they might fade from creation at any moment, dissolving into a mist of flesh and bone and vapor, steam and fear and longing and sadness, as she often wished she could. What thoughts are these? Stretched and stacking and ever-present, what madness? Why can't I shake them? And then her shoulders would stretch and rise. Her grip would tighten on the hilt of her blade. The smell of iron and sweat and rage would fill her head. She would breathe in and remind herself that she was here, there, in the blood den, training to take life. The bodies of the other girls seemed, each one, to be a version of her own, but still she felt like hers was more beast than girl. As she would swing the blade, she would imagine herself behind the eyes of another, and a pain would rush in that she found not unpleasant. The stretch of her skin as it pulled over theirs. Once, she woke from such a trance with a mouth full of flesh. The salt and metal of blood as it rushed down her throat. Her sister Azira told her that she'd won a fight and looked happy that it was so. But Gaia never felt she'd won, only that she was a deep river with no bottom. Her name came from the tale her people told when their daughters came of age. Everyone told it in their own way, but it went something like this. Gaia was the daughter of death who longed to be human. Her mother forbade her from leaving the wind world and crossing into the great plains, but she was headstrong and had fallen in love with the strangeness of the wolf's creations. Fascinated with the worries and labors of humans, she longed to hold them in her mouth. One night, she snuck out to act on her dreams and came upon a group of our people huddled around a warm fire, among them a girl swollen with new life inside of her belly. Gaia, forgetting her bloodline, reached to touch the girl and in doing, took her life and that of the child inside. How people wept, but were not angry. For the gods are sometimes cruel, and take without wisdom, kill without worry, end without beginning. But Gaia wept loudest of all. The girl's body limp against her own body. She cried out, Mother Death, take my life, spare this girl and her babe. The gods gathered to speak of the matter of which there was great concern. What to do with this rebel daughter of death and the pain she wrought upon the blessed people of the plains? The divine council decided on a plan to restore balance. They would bring back the dead girl, but not her child. Instead, they would place Gaia in her belly to be reborn in exile from the wind world. When the child was born, the girl named her Gaia in thanks. 
From that moment onward, our blood became mixed with the divine, and we all became descendants of the daughter of death. This was a great responsibility, and the gods feared it would be misused, so they entrusted the gift of death only to those who could make life. Only those who could make life could be trusted to take it. Women and girls would ascend to the hunt and protect and make war. To bleed but have no wound is a sacred reminder of our duty. So the story went. Here in the plains, Gaia remembered the first time she heard the tale of where her name came from and felt a shiver of time go up the back of her legs. Azera was running after her as she always did, her twin in every way, the reflection of the moon off the water, the root twisting inside of her soil. She loved her in a way that made her short of breath. Sometimes they would lay beneath the oak, holding hands, taking air into their chest, and thinking of nothing between them. She could feel her mind and knew when it was at peace or raging like a hunted heron, wings tipping into the smooth of the water. Why do I dream so often of death? She wondered this aloud once while taking big gulps of air into her body. Azera didn't say anything. She was caught up in the web of an elaborate fantasy of what might be in years to come. Gaia poked her rib and wrapped her throat over the base of Azara's neck, closing her eyes as the syncopation of their hearts fell into one sound, twisting their bodies together like a dark snake around a helpless rodent. Sisters. The next day, Gaia was dead. Her last thought was the answer to a question she never thought to ask. Words of Empire stars Gwendolyn Briley Strand as the Keeper. Written and directed by Jason Liu. Executive produced by Jason Liu, Rob Herding, Sandra Yiling, Michelle Zarati, and Shenyan Hiyu. Story consultant Quinn Perry. Original score and composition by Darren Johnson and Matthew Carsenti. Music editor David Tadashore. Audio engineering by Ryan Walsh and David Tadashore. Edited by Jeffrey Fettig. Supervising editor Neely Oftering. Supervising sound effects editor and sound designer Randy Torres. Foley by Dan O'Connell, One Step Up. Mixed by Ben Milchev. Additional mixer Alex Chuck. Casting director Chrissy Fiorelli. Assistant director Kelsey Adams. Script supervisor Beth Ann Morgan. Production coordinator Tom Breck. Head production assistant Alex Buda. Production assistant Cesar Chavez. Post coordinator Emma Jacobson. Production legal Christina Bulbrook and Lindsay Keel. Production Accounting, Pin Chun Lu. Special thanks to Mara Schuster-Lefkowitz. This podcast was recorded under a SAG-AFRA collective bargaining agreement. Birds of Empire is a Q-Code production. Sound recording copyright 2022 by Q-Code Media Inc. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.